0: Award-winning coverage lives right here on WMUL-FM Huntington, WFGH-FM Fort Gay, and WTHMLP Ravenswood, West Virginia. Welcome to Speed Zone, the best motorsports show on radio. I'm your host Ben Cower, and across the next hour, we'll recap everything—yes, everything—in racing that happened in the last week. We'll discuss the latest news and cap it all off with a star-studded interview. So buckle up, rev your motor, and drop the hammer because this is Speed Zone and welcome everybody to speed zone this evening i'm your host ben cower and we got a nice complete show for you no interview tonight but uh we've got plenty of racing news to chat about it was a busy weekend here in uh here in the tri-state area for racing and all around the country and the world we had the Yes Chevrolet Yes Ford Mountaineer 100 at Ona Speedway this past weekend we'll be chatting about that and breaking it down also the NASCAR weekend at Martinsville this past weekend as the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series had quite the exciting excursion at the paperclip on Saturday and Sunday we'll be chatting about it and much much more tonight on Speed Zone. so sit back Back, relax. We got a great show for you tonight. And first tonight, it's always Flag to Flag. Welcome to Flag to Flag, a recap of the week that was in motorsports. As Ben Cower covers everything you might have missed in this past week of racing action. And it certainly was a busy weekend in motorsports. Let's begin with last Thursday. It was the NASCAR Wheeland Modifieds at Martinsville Speedway, uh, beginning the NASCAR weekend at Martinsville. And it was Ryan Priest, your winner in driving his own number 40 car. It was his first race of the season and he capped it off with a one race, one win. Uh, your top five in the race, Ryan Priest first, Justin Bonsignor second, Patrick Emerling in, fir- in third, Matt Hirschman in fourth, Tyler Repkma in P5, and P6 was title winner Ron Silk. Ron Silk again won his second, Whelan modified title on Thursday night, is first in 12 years, going all the way back to 2011. That was when he earned his first title. He survived numerous wrecks and carnage on Thursday night to finish 6th in his number 16 machine and Silk captured another title over title rival Justin Bonsignor who finished in 2nd. Silk needed to finish 8th or better to clinch the title after a back and forth slugfest all year long at the point standings with Bonsignor but it was Silk who ended up as the king of the hill in 2023 after a winless 2022. Now on to the Yes Chevrolet Yes Ford Mountaineer 100 We'll be chatting more about it tonight But your winners on Saturday night At Ona Speedway in the INEX Legends It was a combined class Between the pros and semi-pros And Jason Garrett scored his third win Of the year and his second straight win the one on trick-or-treat night all the way back On October 7th and then took Home the victory for the second straight time uh, Here late in 2023 Garrett was the winner In the INX Legends and then in the Haunted majestic street stocks it was marty powers with his first win of the year uh, his third race in 2023 in a street stock even begin with bought one about midway through the season scored his first win of the year in the last race of the year so congrats to marty powers and then in the all seasons power sports late models it was chad pendleton talk about perfection. Third win in three races at ONA this year. Batted a 1,000 in every single race he had. It was a, cer- certainly a uh, bit of a wreck fest, a shootout in the late models, but Pendleton survived, and the number 22 machine uh, captured again its third win in three races at ONA this year. Now on to the Yes Chevrolet, Yes Ford, Mountaineer 100 for the modifieds. And it was Matt Dimmitt, his third straight Mountaineer 100 win, led a 83 laps laps took the lead on lap number 17 after a myriad of mechanical failures early on for multiple competitors and Dimit was able to get by Jeremy Cooper who had a shock issue dominate the first 17 laps and was the 2023 track champion at Ona for the Patriot meat processing modifieds and Dimit was able to scoot away from the field and away from a hard charging number 31 car of Doug Meyer who is your pole sitter fastest in qualifying before the inversion uh, but Dimit was the winner of the Mountaineer 100. And then finally, closing out the season for Ona, the Contempo Trophy and awards U-Cars, Jay Workman's third win of the year and second straight. For Jay Workman, it was uh, another race where attrition was the name of the game, and Jay Workman was able to survive. It was a field of 12 to begin, and only five cars finished, a 35-lap feature for the U-Cars. And Jay Workman closed out the season as the final winner at Ona Speedway in 2023. Now on to the NASCAR Xfinity Series at Homestead Miami Speedway on Saturday, and your winner was Justin Allgaier. Have you ever bent a paperclip into an odd shape? That was this race at the paperclip at Martinsville where chaos erupted on and off the track uh, on and during and after the race coupled with an incredible photo finish of which Justin Allgaier scored a clutch walk-off victory to earn his way into the championship race at Phoenix after being on the outside looking in by six points entering the playoff cutoff race at Martinsville in the Xfinity Series round of eight. Allgaier, Sam Mayer, John Hunter Nemechek, and Cole Custer will all battle for the Xfinity Series title at Phoenix this weekend and Allgaier crossed the finish line trading paint with a Wiley Sheldon Creed scoring his first win at Martinsville fourth of the season and the 23rd of his career by .032 seconds over Creed who needed a victory to advance into the title race Creed didn't get there and his RCR teammate and regular season champ Austin Hill made plenty of contact on the final restart both drivers battling for a win as not to be eliminated (coughs) and uh, obviously it was uh, Uh, they made some quite amount of uh, a lot of contact Uh, Creed was not happy that his teammate ran into him on the first uh, lap of the restart pushed Hill up the track into the final set of corners hit the brakes in front of Hill on the outside of turns 3 and 4 on the final lap to be able to even make the corner he would have overshot it if he didn't do so and uh was it checked up enough to let Allgaier pass on the inside then lost to Allgaier in the photo finish did Creed and Hill and Creed both eliminated from title contention uh, as alongside uh, Collegue Racing's Chandler Smith and JGR's Sammy Smith Uh, Hill and Creed very unhappy with each other after the race, alongside much of the RCR management, uh, including team owner Richard Childress and team VP of competition Andy Petrie, who both were displeased specifically with Creed. Childress stated after the race, quote unquote, I've had drivers drive for me before, but nobody is stupid as Sheldon Creed. Whew. obviously a little displeased that both his team cars were eliminated from title contention in the contact in the final laps. It should be noted that Creed announced multiple weeks ago that he would not be returning to RCR after the season and he mentioned in his post-race interview that Creed would be joining JGR next season in Xfinity. Now on to the Smart Tour Modifieds which was at Orange County Speedway this past Saturday for the Rumble at Rougemont it was the season finale for the Smart Tour and Bobby Laban money scored his second win of the year, second win in the last three races. And Labonte was your winner of the race, the podium himself, Ryan Newman, who also uh, ran the cup race on Sunday, uh, finished second, Brandon Ward, P3, and Ward might have finished ahead of Burt Myers, but it was Myers who drove away on Saturday with a championship trophy, besting runner-up Ward in the point standings by 61 points, even after finishing 10th of 21 cars in the race. Myers won three races this season and Ryan Newman, who again finished runner-up on Saturday at the Rumble Rougemont, collapsed on pit road after the Martinsville Cup race needed some oxygen. This race at Orange County might have factored into that a little bit, with Newman running two intense short track races in two successive days. So another congratulations to Bobby Labonte, uh, second win of the year and second win in the last three races of the season for the Smart Tour Modifieds was running a very cool Tommy Baldwin Jr. tribute car as Tommy Uh, Currently fighting cancer on to the V8 supercars at Surfers Paradise Saturday and Sunday for the Boost Mobile Gold Coast 500 The podium for race 25 of the Repco supercar season Cam Waters for Tickford Racing scored his victory in the Monster Energy Machine, but not after a uh, close battle with Shane Van Gisbergen in the Red Bull Pole Racing 97. Van Gisbergen gave Waters everything he had, but just was not able to get there. And David Reynolds for Penrite Racing finished P3 on the podium. And Reynolds carried that momentum into race 26 the next day on Sunday, as Reynolds broke a long winless streak dating all the way back to the final V8 Supercars race of 2018. At Newcastle And Reynolds walked away a winner For the first time in five years In race 26 on Sunday for Penrite Racing Brody Kostecki for Erebus Motorsport Currently the points leader uh, Heading into the final race weekend Of the year in November For the V8 Supercars He finished P2 Cam Waters, the winner the day before Rounded out his weekend With a third place finish Also on the podium for race 26 uh, Formula 1 but the Mexican Grand Prix uh, for At Autodromes Romo Hermanos Rodriguez on Sunday, and no surprise, it was Max Verstappen with his 16th win of the season. Uh, your podium was Verstappen for Red Bull, Lewis Hamilton for Mercedes, and Charles Leclerc for Ferrari in P3. And again, with a third successive driver's title already sealed, that win takes Verstappen past the record he set last season, with three races still to come in the current season. While a 51st career victory for Verstappen moved him level with Elaine Prost, for fourth on the sport's all time list of winners. And finally, on Sunday, it was the NASCAR Cup Series at Martinsville Speedway for the Xfinity 500. And your winner was Ryan Blaney in front of a sold out crowd on a beautiful autumn day in Southern Virginia. It was a gutsy drive from none other than Ryan Blaney, who has figuratively caught fire late this season, punched his ticket with gusto into the championship four race at Phoenix after a statement victory at Martinsville's third win here in 2023, which ties the most wins Blaney has ever had in a single season in Cup Series competition. 2021, Blaney also had three wins, but only finished seventh in the standings. This time around, Blaney's going to be racing for a championship. It was a 168-lap green flag run to the finish. Blaney tracked down a surprisingly fast career twilight, Eric Almarola, and passed him for the lead on lap 478 of 500, where Blaney hung on to the lead in lap traffic and won by just under a second gap over Almirola to score his third victory of the season. Blaney's going to join his co-round of eight winners, Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, and the race for the title at Phoenix this weekend along with William Byron who fought an ill-handling car all day, exhaustedly slumped beside his car after a a hard-fought race, uh, but was able to edge Denny Hamlin for the final playoff spot by eight points after Byron's 13th place finish at Martinsville. Hamlin came home third, about four seconds behind the race winner, but it wasn't good enough for Hamlin. Chris Buescher finished eighth, pole winner Martin Tricks Jr. finished 12th after leading the first 47 laps but had a crushing pit road speeding penalty and Tyler Reddick who finished 26th after a late pit stop to top off on gas also all joined Hamlin in elimination from title contention after their collectively inconsistent round of eight so your championship four for the NASCAR Cup Series heading into Phoenix this weekend is Ryan Blaney, Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell and William Byron those will be the four drivers racing for a title on Sunday so that'll do it for flag to flag we'll take a quick break here on speed zone and when we come back it's going to be the best segment of the show what's up this week where i get to tell you the race fan at home or wherever you might be listening to uh, tonight's episode what the heck is up this week in the world of racing schedule wise because there sure is a lot we'll take a quick break here and when we return more racing action right here on speed zone <laughs> So there's this guy in your office and he just finished rehab and you don't know how to act around him. Okay,
1: here's a few tips. Don't call him a loser. Do call him Larry, unless his name is John, then call him John. Don't remove the glue from the company envelopes. He's not going to snip them. Do expect him to meet all his deadlines and don't be surprised when he does and Oh, hey, don't make fun of his addiction. You can, however, make fun of his 80s haircut. For more tips on how to support a recovering user or if you'd like to become one, call 1-800-662-HELP.
0: and welcome back to speed zone i'm your host ben cower and it's time for what's up this week the segment of the show where i get to tell you self-explanatory what the heck is up this week in the world of racing there's certainly a lot going on uh here this weekend starting tonight wednesday this is the earliest we've ever really gone for what's up this week is usually racing action doesn't start on a wednesday but this week it does and we start with the end of the season beginning for the World of Outlaws as it begins a four-day show at the dirt track at Charlotte Motor Speedway for its World of Outlaws World Finals, able to decide a champion. So Tonight, one, race one is on Wednesday night, tonight, for the World of Outlaws down in Charlotte. Thursday is going to be night two, race two of the World of Outlaws World Championships at Charlotte, and then on to Friday. The Arkham Menard Series West will be closing out its season, out west, obviously, with the Desert Diamond Casino West Valley 100, a Phoenix Raceway, Phoenix, Arizona, the first of four championship races this weekend for NASCAR, with the race beginning at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, so if you're at work, you got something to tune into uh, midway through the day on Friday if you're uh, slumping a little bit. Later that day at Phoenix, I should say later that night at Phoenix, rather, is the Craftsman 150, the championship finale for the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series, racing beginning at 10 p.m. here on the East Coast. Also on Friday night, night three, race three of the World of Outlaws World Finals, also taking place on Friday evening, so it's going to be a jam-packed Friday night with regard to racing action. Now on to Saturday, where WEC, the World Endurance Championship, will be closing out its seven-round 2023 season with the eight hours of Bahrain. And that'll be in the early day on Saturday, across the pond in the Middle East. Saturday afternoon will be a busy one with the Cars Tour crowning two champions for both its late model stock cars and pro late models at the John Blewett Third North-South Shootout. North Carolina's... Uh, North Carolina's Caroway Speedway. Presumably, it will be an all-Kvapel championship Saturday, but anything can happen, especially in the Cars Tour. Saturday evening, we'll host the NASCAR Xfinity Series championship race as four young title-list drivers going to slug it out across 250 laps to decide a first-time Xfinity Series champion at 7 p.m. here on the East Coast. Also on Saturday night is the final night of racing for the World of Outlaws here in 2023, night four, race four of four of the World of Outlaws World Finals to close out the season for Dirt Racing's biggest series. Now on to Sunday, where racing will begin at noon. On Sunday, with the Brazilian Grand Prix for Formula 1. Racing beginning from Autodromo Jose Carlos Pace at uh, Passe, I think is how you say that last one, uh, at noon here on the East Coast. And then later on Sunday afternoon, the NASCAR Cup Series will be ending its season with at Phoenix Raceway as it settles a 10-race playoff championship showdown. Four drivers gunning for a title at 3 p.m. on Sunday. Three of the four drivers eligible for the title have never won the big trophy before. That's Bell, that's Blaney, and that's also William Byron. Whereas Kyle Larson is chasing down his second title in a three-year span, was the Cup Series champion in 2021. Uh, Joey Logano, last year's champion, not going to be able to defend his championship this year, but could go out on top. Also notably, the final race for Kevin Harvick in a Hall of Fame career. could Harvick go out on top at statistically his best track in the Cup Series Phoenix Raceway also on Sunday, closing out this long weekend of racing, the final race of the season for the ASA Stars National Tour as it's going to take on the high banks of Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway in Nashville, Tennessee for the famed All-American 400 in the afternoon. So, it is a jam-packed weekend in the world of racing. Might be the last weekend of racing where it's this jam-packed uh, here for the remainder of the season as NASCAR closing up shop this weekend. Uh, we'll of outlaws is going to be finishing up this weekend the cars tour are done this weekend world endurance championships done this weekend uh, plenty of racing action this weekend to enjoy while you still got it because it's going to be a cold winter so enjoy this weekend while it lasts there will still be racing action after uh this uh, the next couple days but it's jam-packed this weekend so enjoy it enjoy it while it is here we'll take another quick break here on speed zone and when we come back it'll be the racing roundtable segment of the show where we've got plenty of hot topics to talk about uh, that have happened over and transpired over the past week and will be and today too. So we'll be chatting about that uh, with our panel up next here on Speed Zone. Not all superheroes wear capes. Most wear jeans or sweaters or suits. Just like ordinary people, because that's what they are. They are the 1.2 million members of Rotary, men and women whose superpowers are the capacity to care and the desire to make the world better. So the next time you need a superhero, don't look in the sky,
1: look in the mirror. Learn more at rotary.org. Rotary, humanity in motion.
0: Hey, if you don't wanna listen, get your earplugs ready, cause we're about to hear some high-octane debate. It's time for the Racing Roundtable with your host, Ben Cower and multiple guest panelists. Whew. Now that that's over, who's at the table today? And who is at the table today? It's none other than our very own Dale Garrett. Dale, how are you doing this evening?
1: Good. Good. Better than I was this morning, but good. <laughs>
0: That's all that matters. Thank you for being here tonight, Dale. We've got uh, plenty to talk about tonight on the racing roundtable. Let's start out tonight with our first topic, Martinsville. Again, Martinsville uh, came and went this weekend, not without a little bit of drama and certainly some heroics and a bit of a showdown. So uh, just starting off tonight with a bit of discussion about Martinsville. Just your thoughts on the races, Dale.
1: Yeah, Xfinity... uh... Typical cutoff race for them, you know, very physical, and um, there toward the end with with Creedon Hill, which we will save for a later discussion. So, oh yeah, we will move on to the Cup <laughs> race and my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Again, very physical, uh, arguably probably one of the better Martinsville Next Gen short track races in my memory. Um, you know, you had uh, Joey Logano being himself with Ty Gibbs, and uh, and a lot just. It seemed like every time somebody passed somebody, they just slammed into somebody, which is something that we're not really accustomed to seeing in Martinsville in a next-gen car like this. So it was nice to see that back for a little bit, but, you know, it wasn't wasn't a... It was not a snooze fest as a lot of the next-gen races at Martinsville have been.
0: That is true. It was, uh, it was a very exciting cup race. Um, excuse me. It was... Uh, you know, the racing wasn't... I know the next gen car as you mentioned Dale it it hasn't exactly provided the most exciting racing on short tracks Mm -hmm. the last two years and it's been a shame but I'll I'll say this I mean the crowd showed up it was a beautiful day in Martinsville probably the I'd say probably the warmest day uh, for a fall Martinsville race in November well it wasn't November then it was was late October uh, when the race was run but uh, since I was there I, I went there for the 2016 race And it was beautiful weather that weekend It was very warm mm-hmm. But nothing happened in that race <laughs> uh, Well, that, that's wrong We had our first uh, you, you remember the, the Everybody remembers the North Wilkesboro scoring error Remember yeah. that? Uh, yeah, that that happened again At that race where <laughs> they had like 30 laps under caution After they couldn't figure out Who the heck was where after a caution but uh then jimmy johnson ended up winning and a decal fell off the wall that was about all that happened in that race but there was a lot more that happened this sunday in the cup race uh it was a as i said in flag to flag a gutsy drive by ryan blaney i mean he had a car that was was certainly up there penske was fast this weekend it's been struggling this year uh all three of its cars got a top ten Uh, That might be the first time that's happened this entire season, Mm -hmm. where even Austin Sindrick joined in the fun for once. A P9 finish on a short track for Austin Sindrick after his miserable sophomore slump season here in the Cup Series. But, uh, I mean, the racing was exciting. Guys were moving each other out of the way. Uh, It wasn't, you know, a true... I wouldn't say it was the most exhilarating race of all time, but then again... With regard to the racing in the next gen on short tracks, it was pretty solid.
1: It was a change of
0: pace. It was a change of pace. It was a refreshing one. And you had some natural cautions in there, too, that helped break up the action a little bit. So some of the there you had your obviously long green flag runs, but you also had some short runs in there. Uh, and then also drama throughout the race. I mean, the costly pit road speeding penalty for Martin Tricks Jr. where finally, Finally, they have a car, that team, which has struggled tremendously after winning the the regular season championship in the Cup Series. Just has not been able to find any momentum in the postseason. And finally, did. Won the pole for Sunday's race. uh, Led the first 47 laps. uh, Fell behind a little bit, but then again was still running up there and just trying to hail Mary it to make... The next round of which it was doable i mean we saw i mean william byron got scarily close to that cut line
1: after we said last week he would be just fine oh yeah he (laughs) was 33 points to the good yeah
0: and he ended up only a handful above the cut line and i mean truex was certainly up there he could have gotten there but just that costly pit road speeding penalty This put him behind He couldn't recover Especially with the next gen car And the dirty air At these short tracks It's so hard to pass people And work your way back Up through the field It's a miracle He even got back up to P12 Mm -hmm. Uh, But Denny Hamlin uh, Was just not able To get there again You called it Dale Mm -hmm. You you called it last week I'll give it to you Uh, Dale said Denny Hamlin Was going to beat himself again And He did Thank you the crowd is, is very happy with that. And you know what? Wait. S- They're happy that I correctly predicted the Xfinity race. <laughs> As, uh, you know, <laughs> Justin Allgaier, I said it was either going to be Sam Mayer winning again or Justin Allgaier in a walk-off victory because he was six points out. And then, it <laughs> maybe not off a. Of, Entirely pace, but a little bit of luck factor into his win. I don't on think Saturday. you could have
1: predicted the fashion that it came, but
0: N- no, uh, it was a, another photo finish for the Xfinity series on a short track. Uh, it was. Exciting! It was exhilarating. Uh, we weren't watching it because we were at the Mountaineer 100, <laughs> uh, but uh, we saw the highlight reel. We did see the highlight reel. Went back and heard all about it, and that's going to be the next topic. Trust me, Creed and Hell. Uh, but overall, the the racing in the Xfinity Series. I mean, it's it's a great car. It, it runs very well on the short tracks. Always exciting. Uh, guys are able to beat and bang off each other, and I mean. Justin Allgaier heating up at the right time. Mm-hmm. He's heating up exactly when he needs to be, and he's never won a Xfinity Series championship before in all his years of running Xfinity. Which is
1: wild to think about. Yeah,
0: I mean he's been so close so many times. Uh, it's really cool that Phoenix this weekend is going to have a first-time champion mm-hmm. again. None of these four guys have won an Xfinity Series title, and. All very deserving of it. I mean, you could say, I mean, Sam Mayer has come on strong the second half of this season. Uh, Justin Allgaier is more more than deserving of finally earning his first, uh, which would be his first title since the the ARCA title in 2008, of which, might I add, he had a little bit of help in getting that championship, too. Yeah, well. Scott Speed and Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Totaling themselves <laughs> at, at Toledo that day, but you know what? Ended up a champion there. Maybe that'll maybe we'll have a little bit of help at Phoenix too. John Hunter Nemechek, who really has been the class of the field all year long in the Xfinity Series, and Cole Coster, who backed his way across the start finish line after the pileup, <laughs> uh, the uh, junkyard on the front stretch at the end of the Xfinity race at Martinsville, is backed his way across the start finish line. Uh, to be able to make the, t- the final four. Uh, so Custer made it, I and mean, he's also had a very solid season, too. Uh, I don't know if he'll be able to win the title, but really four drivers that are strong. Any of them could walk away a, a champion on uh, Saturday, but mm-hmm. exciting race this past Saturday at Martinsville. But I-, I think we'll stop biting for time, and we'll just jump right into it, because there was, it was... Uh, oh! Sheldon Creed and Austin Hill.
1: Sheldon,
0: I'm gonna bust his ass. Yeah, <laughs> into a little bit of a tussle on well, Saturday where. No, no. Dad- <laughs> it was uh Sheldon Creed was going for a win, Austin Hill was going for a win, and both drivers were under the impression that they had to win to make it into the next round. Mm-hmm. And both on the fronts, they were on the front row, first and second on the final restart of the race, both trying to make the final 4. Austin Hill the regular season champion in the Xfinity series, uh, Sheldon Creed never won before in the Xfinity series, trying to get that first win to not be a bridesmaid again and then Hill touched Creed in the first set of corners (laughs) Creed paid him back and more in the uh, next set of laps the two car ran the 21 up the track they both made contact the two uh, basically dive bomb turn three in the final lap and it's a hairpin corner if you don't know if you never watched a race at Martinsville Creed had to slam on the brakes in the middle of the corner to try and make it and it almost appeared as if it was a brake check on his teammate and both drivers ended up on the outside looking in for the Final Four, both eliminated. Both Mm -hmm. RCR cars in in the Catbird seat end up missing it and it was a a wild post-race. I mean, there wasn't a fight, but it was a war of words so to say, after some fireworks on the track. Dale just your thoughts on that entire situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, there toward the end, they both obviously want to win championship implications aside. Um, but <sighs> Hill drove deep into one and absolutely adored Creed after Creed gave him a football field. Um, so then, you know, Creed pays him back once or twice. You know, it's racing, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then going down, here's what I have a problem with going down the back straightaway, white flag. Hill just turns into Creed's door midway down the back straightaway, mm-hmm. screws Creed's entire entry up when they both could have went in there side by side, albeit, yeah, Creed probably would have drove in there too hard anyways, but there was a chance that he didn't do that. There was a chance he didn't do that, and then Hill gets turned by the 20 of John Hearn and then chaos ensues. Uh, I'm not saying neither of them are right, because mm-hmm. I don't think either of them are right or wrong. It's just one of those things, but, as Kyle Petty put in his opinion uh, from NASCAR and NBC, they both could have made it. Yeah. And that should have been relayed to them, regardless whether they would have abided. It's up to them, mm-hmm. but they both could have made it, and now neither of them made it. You
0: know, I'm, I'm going to give a Boo You Stink to RCR this week. BOO YOU STINK! For team communication on that last restart, mm-hmm. because oh no, uh, you. Robbie Gordon also had a great video uh, debriefing what his opinion on what happened, <laughs> and uh, you know Robbie also a former RCR racer. And I was wondering
1: if you were going to talk about
0: this. <laughs> yeah, and Robbie was mentioned in that video is a reason why sheldon got that ride at rcr mm-hmm. so i mean he had a, a vested interest in this you know sheldon has raced in robbie's stadium super truck series for a couple years or at least did won a lot of races and you know robbie thinks obviously very highly of sheldon otherwise he wouldn't have tried to work the arca champion and the truck series champion into that ride at rcr rcr on that final restart, if Austin Hill finished second and Sheldon Creed won the race, both drivers would have been battling for a championship this weekend. Mm-hmm. The, the The fact that RCR either did not know, which is egregious within itself that it did not know the point situation. If that is the case, that's not the case. <laughs> but if that is not the case, and RCR, Knew the point situation on that final restart and actively let Austin Hill do what he did is egregious. That's embarrassing mm-hmm. that it did not... And I hate team orders. A, a lot of people don't like team orders in motorsport. You like your drivers going for the win, duking it out, fair and square. It's what the fans like, too. It, it happens a lot in Formula One. Nobody likes team orders. That is a situation where... Results be damned. RCR should have said, Austin, I know you want to win this race. And you want to have some momentum heading into Phoenix. But for the sake of the team, you got to let Sheldon pull ahead on this restart. And Creed had the lead. He was mm-hmm. the leader on that last caution. Uh, he should have let. They should have let the two car go. And yet, they let them battle it out for a win. Hill pushed Creed around. And, you know, you you go and you look further into the situation. Creed's leaving at the end of the year. He's no longer going to be an RCR driver, no longer going to be a Chevy driver, presumably ending up at Joe Gibbs Racing after what Austin Hill said in his post-race interview. Uh... But Hill has been kind of the golden child of RCR. He brings a lot of money, regular season champion. He's been the model of consistency the last two years. Creed has been the opposite. He's been all over the place. He's been steadily improving this season, but has not lived up to the lofty expectations that people had for him entering this car. That the two car has won numerous championships for RCR, going all the way back to the Bush series. I mean, Kevin Harvick won a name in there. Tyler Reddick, another name. Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer. uh, You know, a lot of talented drivers have come up to that car and made their way to the Cup Series. And it was fully sponsored. You have a championship driver in there who had won everything up until that point. And then all of a sudden, Creed struggles. There's really no reason for that. So, and Creed was a bridesmaid in the win department. He's never won in the Xfinity Series. Needed a win to get into that final four. I just don't, I cannot comprehend how RCR let what happened happen (laughs) on on Saturday. How? And then even, you want to talk about that that being embarrassing. Uh, The post-race, how RCR treated Sheldon Creed after that. It was an entire organization against Sheldon Creed. When Creed, what he did, in my opinion, was in the right. He was in the right to do that. He got ran up the track on the final restart by Hill. He got pushed around by the 21 car, held his own, ran the 21 up the track as he would do anybody else on the track, as would Hill would have done Creed mm-hmm. on the same lap in the same situation. And he didn't brake check him. I think that Andy Petrie said in his XM interview that it appeared as if it was a brake check. That's probably why Andy was so angry on that final lap. Besides the fact that both cars didn't make the next round. I think he thought that Creed brake-checked Hill in the middle of three and four on purpose and caused that, where Creed had to hit the brakes to make the corner. You know, it's such a tight hairpin corner at Martinsville that he had to hit the brakes to make it, and he slid up to the outside in front of Hill. Hill ran into the back of him, and both cars end up missing. But uh, it is another... Comment from Richard Childress. I mean, who is usually a quote machine. Uh, I mean, hold my watch. Remember that back in the Kyle Busch situation about ten years ago. Uh, RCR, he he had the quote. I mean, it's it's hilarious. It's damning. It's shocking. It's everything. Uh, I'll I'll say it again, and I quote: I've had drivers drive for me before, but nobody is stupid
1: as Sheldon Creed. (laughs)
0: That, uh, that's incredible uh, You can't say that
1: Get out of the vineyard, RC
0: You can't say that As a professional team owner I mean, sure, you can He spends all the money to run the team He can say whatever he damn well wants But <laughs> that is the opposite of professionalism To say that mm-hmm. I mean, would that make you want to go drive for RCR? What's, what do you think Jesse Love thought of that quote?
1: He's like, well, here's, here's, we're going to love
0: this yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Uh, thank you yeah funny okay <laughs> but you if you're jesse love you're thinking i've never i've run a handful of truck races i've never even set foot in an xfinity car sheldon creed didn't live up to his lofty expectations what is rc going to say about me if i don't go out and win as many races as austin hill and i don't compete like austin hill does to that level
1: What is he going to say about me? Then again, Jesse Love is driven for Venturini, who...
0: Well, yeah, that's another story. But (laughs) uh, regardless, if I'm a driver at RCR, I'm worried. You know, if you don't live up to the expectations, I mean, or you're not a member of the family. (laughs) I mean, look at Austin Dillon this year. He's been nowhere Abysmal. in cup. Abysmal this year for Austin Dillon. But because he is RC's grandson... He gets a pass. Richard Childress does not say a word about him. Understandably so. He's not going to badmouth his grandson. I wouldn't. I wouldn't badmouth my own, my own grandson. I mean, I wouldn't badmouth the driver in my marquee car. But then again, his performance has been nowhere compared to Kyle Busch mm-hmm. in the eight car. And yet not a peep on the cup side. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, on the Xfinity side, Sheldon Creed did everything he needed to do to make that next round, made contact with his teammate after his teammate, drove him rough. Mm-hmm. And then the entire organization flips on him. I don't blame him for getting out of there at the end of the year. I think I think for RCR and Sheldon Creed, this situation has ended as bad as it could have. And both both organizations and, and I guess, both people... The organization and the driver involved in this need a change of situation. See, they need a a breath of fresh air because this is, it's gotten ugly. Mm -hmm. Too much. Uh, And it was an ugly situation on Saturday, but I mean, truly entertaining. Uh, I'm shocked, for one, that Sheldon Creed is going to be running Phoenix for RCR. I'm shocked that I'm is not, happening. I'm not. Shocked. And it was also mentioned today. Might I add, uh, Jeff Stankiewicz has been Sheldon Creed's crew chief all the way up to the ladder. Has been his crew chief at RCR. Uh, it was announced today that Danny Stockman is going to be the two car crew mm-hmm. chief next year. So I wonder where Stanky's going. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where he's going. Yeah, probably with. Uh, obviously, he's going wherever Creed ends up. <clears throat> JGR. Whoa! On to the next topic. Uh, (laughs) After a certainly spicy last topic, let's talk about this one, Dale. Uh, Is Denny Hamlin this generation's Mark Martin? Where Denny Hamlin has come so close so many times to winning a title, but he's in his 40s now. He's a bona fide Hall of Fame driver when he retires, owns a team, but has never been able to close out a championship agonizingly so, just like Mark Martin Is Denny Hamlin this generation's Mark Martin? Why can't Denny Hamlin win a title in the Cup Series?
1: From a respect point, absolutely not. No. Um, But from that, from the championship standpoint, yeah, he is. Um, Denny beats himself 95% of the time. If he would just focus and drive and not try to run into everybody, most notably... You know, Larson numerous times this year. Blaney at Miami. Chastain. Chastain. In
0: recent years. Yeah. The list could go on.
1: It could go on for a long time. And if he would just drive without running into people, results might be different. Mm -hmm. He has a massive ego problem, thinks he's top of the world. It's, as shown on his podcast, most notably but also outside the car, too. When he gives interviews, you know, Bristol, the interview, uh, it just he keeps getting humbled by his mistakes, but he yet he's yet to learn from it. Yeah. And for that reason, no, he'll never win a title.
0: I don't know about him never winning a title, but, you know, Denny, you mentioned he will overdrive in certain situations, and he mentioned on his podcast, Actions Detrimental, which is Denny's podcast. Uh, after Homestead, He was his rebuttal to people that said well you know why are you racing like that why why were you racing blaney like that i remember on this show we said why was he racing blaney that aggressively and he's like well you're racing for a spot in the final four you gotta race for a win and that's completely fair but at the same time you are points racing too Mm -hmm. he missed the cut by a handful of points if he didn't wreck himself at homestead he would be battling for a championship this weekend. He bested Byron. He bested Byron. He did what he needed to do on Sunday, just besides win. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a winning car, but he did what he needed to do. If he did not overdrive Homestead, of which, I mean, Homestead in itself brings back bad memories for Hamlin, <laughs> going all the way back to 2010, uh, he just overdrove in that situation. He's got to not beat himself, as you said. Denny mm-hmm. beat himself this time, and it's a shame. Again again and it's a shame because one of these years Denny is going to figure it out and he's going to have a smooth sail into the championship four and then finally it will end in his favor uh, because I don't think he's going to retire until he gets a championship. I don't I can't see Denny giving up before he gets the title in the Cup Series. He's too relentless to try and win a championship in some way shape or form. He started up a two car team. He might win one as an owner before a driver. But regardless, he needs to not himself Uh, I don't think anybody will ever be another Mark Martin as you said Mm -hmm. Uh, but Denny certainly is (laughs) one is a is a chip off of the same block with regard to the luck when it comes to being able to close out a a title Hall of greatest to never win a title and uh, but he'll he'll make the Hall of Fame but I, I don't know if Denny will ever end up winning a title On to the next topic, NASCAR this past week said it will not repossess Rick Ware Racing's number 51 charter. uh, Even if it is in the bottom three of charter teams this year, of which it is presumably going to finish in the bottom three. It'd be NASCAR's option and rule designed to prevent starting and parking uh, Rick Ware Racing's RFK Alliance, uh, use of Roush Yates engines this year, and then signing Justin Haley for next year is what NASCAR is ruling that it's not going to repo the 51 charter at the end of the year because it says it's committing to performance. Dale, is this the correct move by NASCAR?
1: I don't really understand the grace being shown here. I don't. Because... If it's in the bottom three, it's in the bottom three, you know, how are those other two going to feel that do get repossessed? That's true. I'd, I mean, do they just have to go out and make an alliance with somebody?
0: Well, the, the bottom two with it will not be repoed. So just to explain the rule to everybody, uh, if, if your chartered car and that specific charter finishes in the bottom three, of the charters, it's basically like if you finished as one of the last three t- bottom three teams in baseball or bottom three teams in football for three years straight. It's kind of like the across the pond in the in the Premier League, where you lose your ability to compete if you finish in the bottom too many times, I believe, mm-hmm. and then a, a club. Uh, in the league below could move on up and take your place. So it provides incentive to not fail. Uh, This is NASCAR's version of that where it says, don't fail or else we're going to repo your charter and give it to somebody better. I'll give Rick Ware Racing a lot of credit. It's invested in trying to be a lot better this year. Uh, It's still not exactly where it needs to be with regard to, you know, Great performance Especially with two cars I think going to one Might improve it Mm -hmm. Uh, But then again I don't run a team I certainly don't run Rick Ware Racing Uh, I think It is the correct move By NASCAR To extend it this grace Because I'm intrigued To see how RWR Will continue to grow I think it would be A problem if Rick Ware Still had four As he did a couple years ago But the fact that He only has two The cars are getting More consistent They're not finishing Laps down uh, There's clearly a lot more effort being put into these cars, the personnel is being built, the team is being built. You don't want half of a team to lose its jobs because this charter ends up in the hands of you know another possibly inept team, maybe a team that misuses it, a team that is overextending itself to even get the charter in the first place, and then it ends up hurting another team. I think it's the smart decision by NASCAR to not do it. Uh, I know a lot of people were keeping their eyes on this this year with regard to if where racing was going to lose the charter because this is the only one in that bracket of, of losing that mm-hmm. uh where the 78 car for Live fast is selling its charter and that charter is not going to finish bottom three next year with where it's going um i think it's a good move by nascar fair enough all right we'll move on to the next topic Whoa! Dale, let's chat a little bit about the Yes Chevrolet, Yes Ford Mountaineer 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it was a very exciting weekend at Ona Speedway, the final racing weekend of the year at Ona, and you were a part of it. You raced in the INX Legends race. Uh, you know, It was uh, back in the saddle again for you, Dale, and it was exciting. How, how was your experience in the first feature race of the weekend?
1: Well, you know, we went up to practice on Friday, and... Um, you know found the car had speed it was great and then practiced on saturday i'd actually ran the quickest i ever had um so that was really encouraging and we made a small adjustment for qualifying and it was good enough for third which albeit it could have been better but it is what it is and then you know we get out there and um you know car felt good for a couple of laps and then got muscled there by jimmy spencer and so then we were on the offense, trying to recover from that. But uh, overall, it was it was fun. Track was a little bit slick, as it was as you put, uncharacteristically warm for this race, because yes. it is usually very cold,
0: freezing. Mm-hmm. And this time around, it was well, it was humid. It, was, it rained in the morning right. uh, on Saturday. Uh, it took three hours of track drying, and Ona certainly does not have the <clears throat> the Air Titans that NASCAR has. Where, they, they
1: have a Ford Bronco.
0: Yeah, we have a Ford Bronco, TJ Lane. <laughs> my boss running around the track trying to, uh, for quite a few hours, trying to dry that track out with the help of some of the uh, race cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Jason Skeens was out there in his street stock. A uh, couple by a couple other people, but <clears throat> uh, Ona got the track all dried up. Uh, racing began an hour later than scheduled, but then again, got a full night of racing in. I talked for six hours straight. <laughs> I was on the call from 5.30 all the way until about near 11.30, and it was a dual broadcast because I was calling the races for everybody at Ona Speedway. I'm the track announcer. And also was simulcast on Racing America, so I was calling it for an audience at home, too. Mm -hmm. And uh, didn't really get a break for about six hours, and uh, my voice certainly felt that Sunday (laughs) after. But uh, I'm alive, I'm here, and it was so Unbelievably fun to call. Uh, again, in the Legends race, congrats to your brother, Jason, mm. for the win. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Jason with his third win of the year. Uh, Marty Powers, certainly a fan favorite win.
1: Schooled him. Schooled the field. Once the he got stops. away, he was gone.
0: Yeah, and then you had Pendleton surviving in late models. Yeah. That uh, was an ugly race mm. where old old rivals made contact it was a racing incident between brad coons and jake heaton but uh, 012 of coons ended up in the outside wall in turn three uh, after the first lap Mm -hmm. and then jake's car which again very much in a field of uh, relatively speaking with the money in that car in the chassis the body in a field of toyota camry's was very much a ferrari and it got torn up in the last race of the season.
1: Well, Coon's car and... Uh, Coon's has a very solid car. A couple, a couple others, they, they could be regarded as a Ferrari as well. Yeah. There's certainly no slouches. But,
0: uh, but a shame for Jake.
1: It is, yeah.
0: It was... Uh, I mean, it's going to need a new five-star body, yeah. probably. At least mm-hmm. the chassis was okay. Well... Well, hopefully. Yes. (laughs) We'll find out. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, the late model race was, again, there's a lot of air tech, heating, and cooling cautions uh, in in that race. Mm -hmm. And then... The Mountaineer 100, or we'll talk about the U-cars real quick. Jay Workman with the win in the last race of the season. It was a uh, attrition race to close out everything. Uh, not really much happened in that race, but Workman schooled the field again mm-hmm. in the U-cars. But before that, the big show. The Yes chevrolet Yes ford Mountaineer 100 in the Modifieds. 23 cars showed up, 22 raced. Aiden Coons wrecked in qualifying mm-hmm. uh, as a rookie. I mean, he'd never run a Modified before. Uh, hard hit in the outside to turn two, but... Dale, it was certainly an exciting Mountaineer 100.
1: It was, and as usual, it's a race of attrition. (laughs) Mm -hmm. However, it is usually uh, incidents and crashes that take the field out of this but there was a lot of mechanical failures this year There was
0: a lot of them Rob Dunlap started smoking Adam Kiesling was out of the race after two laps Jerry Stapleton Thomas Mays blew up mm-hmm. uh, Jeremy 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 had the shock failure Talk mm-hmm. about a shock to the competitors I mean uh, he fell out of the race uh, With the shock issue And then As the leader As the leader And then Brian Nestor was also up there At the, at the halfway point Just pulled it back into the garage he Was running fourth Was running fourth Uh Doug Meyer Matt DeMitt were really the two fastest cars that didn't really have an issue that Mm -hmm. night and of course they battled for the win yeah Meyer was the fastest in qualifying. He was the only car in the 17-second bracket with a 17.997 second lap in qualifying. DeMitt was six thousandths of a second behind him in qualifying, but DeMitt got the better of him in the race. Uh, Third straight for DeMitt. He made history. Uh, No drivers ever won three Mountaineer 100s, and certainly none of them have ever won it three straight. So Mm -hmm. big congrats to the guy who was also the 2023 Midwest Modified Series champion uh, for the first time there as well. So DeMitt, a dominant season in the Mod fights here in the region and certainly a dominant performance in the in this year's yes Chevrolet yes Ford Mountaineer 100 no! One final topic tonight, Dale, before we have Marshall basketball coverage up next here on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Sean Kelly, Ben Westfall are going to have the call from the Cam Henderson Center. Is Lise McRae going to come to Huntington tonight to face the Marshall men's basketball team? But the final topic tonight on Speed Zone, NASCAR Championship
1: weekend predictions, trucks, Xfinity Cup. Who wins the
0: title? What happens?
1: All right, we'll do rapid fire here um trucks would be probably heim i don't see him getting bested unless ben rhodes has a good car because he's been put in this situation before and has won a title infinger could be your sleeper and it's unknown about hosvar i have no idea how it's going to go <laughs> for him um Xfendi, honestly it's a toss-up any of them can win however i don't think it'll be mayor i just don't think the experience is there under this kind of pressure um you know in the spring john Hernimachek was the best but honestly, I'll say Allgaier because he's gotten hot here and has risen to the occasion. That is true. And for the cup side, Blaney is scary good at Phoenix. Their spring finishes was Byron's was P1, Blaney P2, Larson P4, and Bell P6. All of them on top of each other in the spring. However, I'm on the Blaney train. It's the only Ford there. Penske going to throw all their resources at the 12 car. And Blaney is hot right now. So I think he takes it home.
0: Oh boy, uh, for my truck series race, you know, Corey Haim has been the dominant driver all season long, but I have, I'm have i going to go the opposite of what you said. I think Josevar mm-hmm. walks away a champion. I think Josevar is going to find a little bit of momentum at Phoenix. I think Haim, it's been too good of a season. In my opinion I think it's not going to end How he wants it to I think something is going to go wrong Because it hasn't All season long Mm -hmm. The 11 truck And I think it goes wrong At Phoenix I don't know what it will be But I think he ends up Runner up I think Carson Hosevar Walks away a truck series champion I agree though With Enfinger as a sleeper It's the final race For GMS Racing In the truck series Team could go all out In that final race And Grant Grant Enfinger Obviously A lot of success With GMS Racing Over the years And is going to want To close things out Strong with that team But I think Carson Hosovar of our ends up your truck series champion this year. Uh, carry a little bit of momentum into the in, into the cup series next year. Uh, for the Xfinity series, I agree with you. I think it's going to be between John Hunter Nemechek and Justin Allgaier. Mm-hmm. Allgaier has a lot of momentum as of late, but this time around I'm going to go with the safe pick. I'm going to go with John Hunter Nemechek. I oh. think he finally gets what is he he was deprived of in the truck series mm-hmm. is dominant season a couple years ago for kyle bush motorsports in the Ford truck it all went awry at phoenix and i think john hunter Nemechek earns his first nascar championship this weekend at phoenix in the xfinity series and then on the cup series side Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's four drivers all on top of each other. Uh, Blaney has the momentum as of late. I mean, Bell is so strong. Kyle Larson's been so inconsistent this year. And then William Byron, again, had a rough Martinsville, but was the winner at Phoenix in the spring. So it's certainly an intriguing pick here, but... All deserving. All very deserving. But honestly... I'm going to go with Christopher Bell. On you. I, think, say that. I think Christopher Bell is going to walk away a Cup Series champion because he has been the closer so far this season. Blaney has been hot as of late, has come on strong, but I think Christopher Bell is going to walk away a NASCAR champion this weekend, this Sunday uh, at Phoenix. Dale, uh, it's certainly been a busy show so far, and uh, as the... Outro music's rolling. we got nasty. We got Marshall basketball coverage coming up next. Dale, thanks for being on the show tonight.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: All right. With that, that'll do it for Speed Zone this evening. Again, up next on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network, we got Marshall men's basketball coverage of Marshall versus Lees McRae this evening. If you're a racing fan, enjoy this weekend. It's jam-packed. Uh, plenty of racing this weekend. Have some fun. And uh, until next time, I'll see you next time. You've been listening to another sports presentation on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network.